Hello and welcome to another episode of the In and Around podcast. I'm one of your hosts. We're joined this week, as every week, by David Harris. Hello. And Michael Breslin. Hello. How are you chaps? Are we all alright? Yeah, good thanks. Enjoying my birthday at the weekend, another year older. Not wiser. No, definitely not wiser, well. <laughs> definitely not. Mike, yourself? Yeah, good week. Uh, played a couple of six-side games, particularly one tonight. I don't know if anyone's been out. It's it's Wednesday as we record, yeah. and it has been absolutely hammering it down. We were absolutely drenched, me and you. Yeah. Absolutely drenched. Like, it was the water flowing off the side of us. Wringing our t-shirts out. <coughs> do you know what it reminded me of? You remember, do you know that famous picture of um, John Terry crying in the Munich rain? Yeah. And it, that really hurt me to say those words. It reminded me of that, that <laughs> game, those conditions. It wasn't a great game, shut it. Do you remember but those conditions it felt like tonight? It definitely did. Luckily it was Astro, so it wasn't quite as bad. The hallowed turf of uh, Tudor Grange. That's it. <laughs> anyway, um, before we get down to business, we just want to say a quick thanks to um, everyone who's actually taken the time out to listen to the In and Around podcast. Um, we started it just as a, like, almost a side hobby, just so we could talk about football. So it's actually really nice that a few people are listening, even if most of you are friends. Hello, Richard Worrell. Um, but if you could, if you do enjoy the podcast, please take the time out to let other people know about the podcast because um, we want Dave's take spread as far and wide as possible. Um, anyway, this is going to be a more regular week. Um, we're going to talk about what's actually happened this week, believe it or not. And um, this week, FA Cup third round. Um, we're going to talk about some of the games that have happened, some of the storylines that are already coming out of the FA Cup. Who needs it the most? Who we who we think shh, who we think will win it? And then we're going to talk about a little bit of League Cup. Take the opportunity to talk about Man United and Man City and how good a player Riyad Mahrez is and how bad a player Andreas Pereira is. <laughs> but um, let's start with just a quick round table, lads. Shock of the round for you? Uh, Tranmere away at Watford. Especially 3-0 down at half-time to get a replay. Uh, Tranmere as well, who are struggling in League One to get a replay at a Watford team that looked in the up in the pram is a huge turnaround for them and great to get a replay at home. Yeah, definitely. They um, <clears throat> totally outplayed in the first half. Watford looked really, really good. Um, Chalaber was having a really nice time of it. It's, it's about time. <laughs> he really showed us what he's made of. Um, and then second half... Totally different game after they 65th minute they got their first and then Mullin with that penalty 87th minute. Well, the nerves must have been going, but he kept it together. Seeds, and just seeds in it that in. away end would have yeah. liked to have been there. Yeah, definitely would have liked to have been in that away end. Goodness me. Yeah, not to focus totally on the Premier League side, but um, Watford have been flying, absolutely flying in the league. They've a couple of good wins in their belt, Man United and against Villa. Does a loss like not a loss, sorry, but it's going to feel like a loss to them because lose, they're three 0 up at half time, three goals second half against. Lesser let's let's be honest, they should be beating Tranmere, even a yeah. second what team off. Is do you th- can you see this affecting their momentum in the Premier League, or do you think it's just a case of cup gone, cup out of the mind? I I think it could definitely affect them, but really a team like Watford with the start they've had, I wouldn't be surprised if they don't care if they go out of the cup because the league's got to be their priority at this point uh-huh. yeah if you look at the starting 11 there's not really that many first team players in there so they're clearly not taking it that serious and um, a lot of the first team players obviously like I said weren't in there so it won't affect them as much as it might affect the fringe players yeah um, I think they'll be okay yeah. although it's, it's pretty poor Tranmere are 21st in league one they're not even a, a particularly good league one side yeah from 3-0 up you've got to you've got to put that away yeah 
Absolutely. Really cool. Especially when you've got former Premier League champions like Nathaniel Chalabry in the team. <laughs> um, any other particular ones? Um, I mean, we've got we had the Mersey Merseyside. We had the Merseyside derby this weekend. I mean, there's a cracking Bill Shankly quote um, that says there are two great teams on Liverpool, which is Liverpool and Liverpool reserves. And Liverpool's reserves put the sword to Everton. Yeah, they absolutely did. I mean. God, it was just embarrassing for Everton, really. Um, Ancelotti was probably already thinking how big the job was that he had, but I think after that game, the scale of the job for him's probably got even bigger. I mean, let's be honest, got totally turned over by a few kids and Adam Lallana, to be quite <laughs> honest. Um, Brett? Yeah, if, if I was Ancelotti, I would be extremely worried. worried. If he didn't know the task at hand before, he certainly knows it now. Because looking at the 11s, I mean, that... <clears throat> that Everton eleven is pretty much what what he'd pick in the Premier League. Mm. So they've tried they've tried to go to Anfield and win it as you should do. I mean, they haven't won at Anfield for over twenty years. And they still is haven't. There, yeah, is there ever going to be an easier chance for them to get rid of that? And somehow they didn't do it. Yeah, just quickly talking about that because um, in the last couple of years we've actually there's been a couple of real mental blocks for certain teams at places in the Premier League. Not to bring it up, but before Conte's second season where Spurs finally beat Chelsea at the bridge that was 22 years and Everton obviously haven't won at Anfield in 20 years is it, is it it's got to be a mental thing because for a lot of that time there were there were Everton were in some seasons better than Liverpool and you'd expect them to have nicked a win along the way Brez? Considering how good they've been under Moyes they're a pretty a really good exactly. side back back in the day and they didn't find a way to win then and they're a much worse side now I definitely think there's something to the mental side that when they go to Anfield they just feel like they're not going to get a result well not three points anyway <laughs> yeah, they crumble and fall apart don't they well and I mean as you said with Moyes there I mean this Liverpool team is probably the best they've, yeah. they've been in that unbeaten uh, time they've had at Anfield against Everton yeah um and yeah, I mean, if they somehow can't do it against what was essentially the reserves, mm. you've got to think, when are they ever going to win at Anfield? But this was a real chance because I, I didn't. I saw the second a half. Real chance. I saw the second half of this game, and I must admit, I was I was at family thing, so I didn't really see the um, the like build up to the game. But from what I gather, there was a bit of a meltdown on Liverpool Twitter about the team that they'd put out, and Everton fans thinking we've got a real chance here. It's quite a crushing disappointment to not get a win like that. Have you seen the meltdown on Everton Twitter after the game? Yeah, it's probably about it. as catastrophic <laughs> as the Liverpool meltdown I, before the game. I mean, the thing is with this Everton, being an Everton fan, if if you were, you think, you know, this is finally time to have a bit of victory over yeah. the red side of Liverpool and somehow they've come unstuck. And also you're thinking maybe with Calvert-Lewin hitting a bit of form, Against Newcastle, uh, you're thinking, you know, maybe we're going to go up the league now, uh, but you've just lost now to essentially an yeah. under 23s. So, yeah, Everton have had all this investment. Um, it's Mashiri, isn't it? They've they've yeah, they've yeah, bought Mishiri. they've bought they've spent money. They've got new stadium designs. They've got designs on almost doing a Man City in Liverpool. Because as we'll come on late onto later, Manchester City are the dominant footballing force in Manchester now, and they have been for a few years. And in the earlier, I'm sorry, Mike. And in the early years, <laughs> in the early years, those those battles they had, and even being competitive, and then key wins here and then wins in the FA Cup, for example, they really helped build that mentality, which 
means the rivalry is completely shifted. So this was a real chance for Everton to secure themselves as a club that's going places. It just feels to me like a huge missed opportunity. Uh, yeah, we'll get onto it later, but for a team like Everton, the FA Cup is quite a decent chance to win a trophy. Yeah. I know we'll come on to this later, so I won't ruin that yet. Um, obviously, he's put out a full-strength side, and that is concerning that they still can't get it done. Yeah. And um, um, On another note, obviously, we talked about Everton's negatives. Yeah. Got to look at Liverpool's positives. Uh, Klopp, to be honest, was smiling for the entire game. Must mm. be amazing for him to put out a team of essentially youth players and watch them not only match, but pretty much outplay um, their biggest rival, their local rival in the Premier League. Um, Nico Williams, a right back, was amazing. Mm. Um, bit of a shame for him that Alexander Arnold's a thing <laughs> at Liverpool, really. Uh, Larucci came on for James Milner pretty early on. He looked looked pretty good against Walcott. Um, and obviously, Curtis Jones, the match winner, what mm. a goal! And what a him goal. and Chiravella pretty much ran the midfield, which again, alarm bells for Everton, but you've got to applaud. Just how complete even this young Liverpool team looked. Yeah, is it Wilson? In was the other midfielder? Uh, was, it, was it Wilson? Uh, you got Jones, Harry, Harvey Elliott. Harvey Elliott. Yeah, I'm, I'm thinking. I don't know why. I'm, I've got Harry, Harry Wilson. I've got yeah. Harry Wilson on the brain. Um, um, he for a 16 year old. He's he's fantastic. He's brilliant, and he looks so accomplished at everything yeah, he does. He's, to be able to run a game like that is is he's he looks a real player, real player. Um, yeah, Minamino uh, had a pretty good game on his debut as well. Yeah, just it, thought I'd add that. Looks it, like a decent addition to that squad. Yeah, well, he, he impressed against Liverpool earlier on with the Champions League mm. um, matches when uh, Salzburg played. Well, we've seen that before. That's how Man U signed Cristiano Ronaldo. Yeah, he, yeah. he had our defence on toast and. Fergie said we got to have him yeah in a, in a more famous game it was a uh, it was Shakhtar Donetsk versus Chelsea in the Champions League group stage William scored two looked a great player and I don't think he scored two goals since <laughs> um, I do think there's a tendency to to talk about um, how teams have failed in the FA Cup but and not to repeat what we've said about Watford again Everton were flying Um but we've already talked about the mental side of it. How much is this going to affect their momentum and um, the games at the weekend for them? Because surely you're sat there going, oh, "Are we are we actually any good? We can't beat these." Um, Press. Yeah, um, I think this one's a bit different to Watford in that they pretty much played their first eleven, um, playing against an under twenty threes. Uh, it's Brighton, isn't it? The weekend. Yeah, Brighton at the weekend. I think this one will have much more of an impact than the the Watford one, personally. Uh, it's not even just the impact on the players. I mean, Ancelotti would have put them out, hoping for them to really prove themselves. Now he's thinking maybe I'll rotate, give some fringe players a chance in the league. Uh, and, you know, if he had a few players in mind to bring it in the window, maybe he's got more of an idea of who he's going to get out of the window yeah. than in the window. Um, and that rotation that I'm sure is imminent is possibly going to disrupt them as well. Speaking of that, um, and the window, it's open. You're Everton. You, you've got you've you've got to have some idea of where it's going wrong. I think with that Gomez's injury, um, do you reckon they're looking at a midfielder, maybe a, a centre half or something? They need just a midfielder that brings something different. Like Gilfie Sigurdsson, everyone knows, got great technical ability, but. His legs for me looked absolutely shot, even against this young team. 
Um, then there's too many players like Tom Davis and Schneiderlin mm-hmm. sort of do a job in a team, but they don't really stand out, do they? They just almost look passengers sometimes. But I always forget Delph plays for them. Yeah, yeah he came off the bench. Yeah. I, I mean, maybe the team's just been that poor, but even Fabian Delph hasn't mm. looked particularly good this year. He's He's got to be the league leader in appearances that make me go, he plays for them. Yeah, seriously. How did he get that move to City? He was really good he for the He was good at City. Really good. Really good for the Villa. Stole a couple of leagues there. Wait, no, he played, he played left back in one yeah, of them. Yeah, he for played a long very time. well at left back. I mean, he was better than Benjamin Mendy. Everton have this habit of stockpiling people like Iwobi and Walcott. They do. And it's really frustrating. I mean, they even got Schneiderlin from Man United, let's not forget. Not not to bring them back to Man City, but they do really remind me of early Man City before the Shakes came in, when yeah. it was a. I can't remember the owner's um, name, and they had Sven, and, yes, and they were they were buying know. players like Ilano and Benjani, and they were players. Faxon like, Shinawatra, I think his name is. Yeah, the time, yeah, yeah time I think guy. that's right. And then, um, but players who are good quality players, but they're not at that level. They're fine. They're just not yeah. where they need they want to be. Especially if they're going to be building a new stadium, and you, if they want to turn into the yeah. Liverpool version of Man City. Yeah. You're going to struggle to do that with Theo Walcott and Alex Iwobi on separate wings. You really don't like Alex Iwobi. I don't like either of them, actually. <laughs> um, I, th- I think the one positive for them in recent weeks is you would have said they needed to buy a striker, but now they've got one. Yeah. With Dominic Cloudbit Lewin. Yeah, it really looks like he's stepped up. I mean, again, when you look into the window, Calvert Lewin's obviously there, uh, but let's not forget they spent a lot, a fair amount of money on Moisa Keane. Um, yeah. And even players like Jank Tosin and. Nias, they signed a couple of years ago, but they did sign them for a fair amount of money. So it's not like they haven't been trying to spend money on strikers. There was talk of uh, Keane being shipped back off again. Yeah, already I saw about that. He's a very young lad playing in a very physical league, and he's he we got to understand he's not a native speaker and he's in a different country. I've got a feeling Keane's going to be one of them that gets shipped off and then he's really good again. However, I think for his career and his sake, he I'll get out of Everton Football Club, to be honest. Yeah, I agree. Um, we've seen a lot of strikers fail there, but hopefully Calvert-Lewin can keep it together. I have to say that I did not see this coming from no, him at no. all. I think before his best season had been five goals in the league, and yeah. he's already scored, I think, eight this year now. Well, when he scored a double against us, I was standing at the TV screen like it was Antonio Conte on the touchline, screaming, at least let it be someone good. And it was, it was Dominic Cavalier. Apparently, he is good. Let's move on from Everton yeah. um, and Liverpool. Oh, it's not often you, you talk about Liverpool, you don't really talk about them. Um, let's talk about two of, I think, personally, the most interesting teams currently in the country. And that's Arsenal versus Leeds. Dave, you watched them, and I've since watched them. Um, classic cliche game of two halves? Yeah, really was. Uh, Leeds, to be honest, it, I mean, they're flying in the championship. First half, I think, they really look like a Premier League team already. Mm. Really outplayed Arsenal, created a lot of chances. Bamford was unlucky to hit the bar. Bamford actually played really well, I thought, for the whole game. Um, they looked pretty tidy at the back in the first half. The keeper, Meslier, I think he's 18. Mm. He's actually on loan. One of his first senior games looked very accomplished, so maybe a bit of a prospect there. 
Arsenal just looked very uh, unenthusiastic in the first half. I think they almost thought that even though Leeds are top of the championship, they're still miles below us yeah. in terms of quality. Um, and it was like they thought that they just had to turn up to get the result. Um, I think it was quite odd actually for Arsenal because since they've come under Arteta, they've been really good for the first 60 minutes, it feels like, in every game and then they sort mm. of tail off. So to to watch Leeds absolutely play them off their park, playing an attractive style of football, <laughs> the Emirates, it was great, to be honest. Um, that being said, a couple of interesting decisions in the game. Um, Jacka somehow miraculously not sent off, not sent off for mm. what felt like seventeen bookable offences, which I, I was really annoying me, but I got the feeling it was annoying Danny Murphy more. Um, it, so there's all this talk of Jacka leaving the club. He played against Man United, I think, last week, and he was really good. If you're Arsenal, are you keeping Jacka or are you looking to get rid of him? It's it's a tough one. I mean, Jacka's one of those players that can look good. But he always is a bit of a bull in a china shop. Like he'll just run into tackles. Uh, like I couldn't believe he didn't get booked in the Leeds game. He sort of had a nibble at someone, uh, and then straight after, like literally in the same passage of play, just swept someone's leg. He always has that about him. Um, and I feel sometimes his passing can be suspect, to say the least. Um, but then at the same time, he is a player that when he does play really well. You think who are you going to get in to replace him, especially with the the cost of players in this market, yeah. particularly in January? It's going to cost a fortune to get someone in. But what do you what do you think of him, Mike? Do you think he's do you think he's good enough? Do you think if they get him the right partner, he can be a good player for Arsenal? Or do you think there comes a point where you looked at yourself and you think he's been here three four seasons? Is he he's just not good enough? Yeah, I mean, there's been a lot of obviously. He fell out with the fans. Mm. That's not helping, which is probably means he's going to be out the door. Uh, as a player, <clears throat> I've never been hugely fond of him myself. Um, yeah, I think at some point you've got to cut your losses. However, he does kind of since he came back from the um, couple of weeks off after falling out with the fans, mm. he's played a lot better. Yeah. So it, he's making a case that maybe they should keep him around. It's a tough one now. Yeah. I never thought it would be. I mean, at the same time, maybe he's just trying to put himself in the shop window, um, <laughs> get someone to actually want to want to take him on board. Um, I mean, to be honest, I just feel sorry for Xhaka. Um, obviously, he has his his problems and his criticisms, but I feel that he does always try. Um, and yes, he shouldn't have thrown the captain's armband on the floor. That's inexcusable. But the treatment he's got off the pitch and since the incident, I'm just feel sorry for him really he must feel almost like an alien at the club not really welcomed by the fans so to be honest I think he'll be wanting to leave even if yeah. Arsenal want to keep him around well I've seen 27 million to Hertha Billing quoted Arteta said he doesn't want to go and they won't sell him that would only be from what I think a 5 million pound-ish loss yeah to me it seems like good business to get rid of him and cut your losses if, I'd take that if that was me yeah yeah. Um, however speaking of um, Mikel Arteta this is another game Arsenal won they were probably slightly lucky to win um, however I'd say so far that especially with the Chelsea game as well they've played better than some of their results have, have ended up being have they turned because la last week on our pod we gave them a U yeah. um, we were quite tough on them 
and we said we were beginning to see the green shoots of recovery. How are we feeling about Arsenal now, Mike? Yeah, I think definitely the shoots are getting higher. There's a lot, lot more positive things to take for them. Um, obviously, picked up that win against United. That was a good result, regardless of how United are playing. They played really well, regardless of how United played. Yeah, yeah, they yeah. played us off the park, to be honest. Um, got a result in the FA Cup. It seems like um, there's a lot more running going on, mm-hmm. which is definitely a criticism they had. Uh, Avunai Emery's tenure. Um, Aubameyang in particular. Um, I d- I, he's just a cracking footballer. But yeah, yeah, he is. And he's playing out wide and he's doing the dirty work. And yeah, I personally didn't think he had in his locker room. Really. No, I didn't either. I was actually very impressed with Lacazette. I felt near the end of Emery, he sort of wasn't trying. Um, he would become more of a poacher, whereas against Leeds he absolutely worked his socks off he was constantly coming back to get the ball um, and one thing with the second half as you said a game of two halves Arteta clearly managed to motivate them in that mm. half time team talk and I noticed when things weren't going their way with Emery they used to come out almost looking angry like he tried rather than motivate just maybe ranted yeah. at them Arteta clearly is able to get something out of mm. them in a positive way rather than just them looking like they've just uh was it Lacazette's uh, post-match interview? Who was he with yeah, when he got uh, man of the match? Uh, I don't Nelson. know. Was it Reese Nelson, Nelson when they when they said that Arteta had shouted yeah. at them at half time? That they was asked, quite funny. It was really funny. They said um, it was something like, oh, "So what happened at half time?" And Lacazette just looks up and goes, "He shouted a lot," <laughs> <laughs> which is excellent. Um, but enough about Arsenal because while they're interesting, and I think personally Very that they're they're gonna they're gonna probably be really good the second half of the season, and even if. Europe's gone or maybe we could be seeing a really promising new start for them provided they buy well um, they're probably going to need a centre half we were talking about that today yeah we were talking about that after football definitely I'd look at the centre half for them maybe mm. a centre midfield player especially if they lose Xhaka they'll need mm. another number in there yeah well they've got that um, they've got that lad who they loaned back and they bought in the summer I can't Saliba Saliba who looks a player yeah. Um, he's going to be really good when he comes yeah. back but he won't There's be back till the summer already so. talk of him being bought before he even plays for Arsenal so that'll yeah, be interesting to see if yeah. a huge bid comes in well I mean that's always the, that, that to me is that to me is a worry if we're for Arsenal I think enough about making profit you need to fully establish yourself as a top top Premier League side again but speaking of Premier League sides the other half of the game was played by Leeds funnily enough Arsenal v Leeds um Leeds United, I don't like him because Neither. because I'm a Chelsea fan. I don't know many people who do like Leeds United. I think that seems to be a lot regarding their fans taking so many away. However, I do like Marco Bielsa and I do like the style they're playing, and I love love Patrick Bamford. <laughs> um, we all love Patrick. We Bamford. all love Patrick Bamford. Bamford Island, Bamford Compton, and Bamford Pangea. Um, Dave, you watched the most championship yeah. out of the three of us. Leeds United, real deal. You see, it's very strange because I'd say yes. However, they did scrape against Birmingham City a few weeks ago, a five-four, where we can't defend. We, I mean, Lee Camp and Truman in that horrific. Um, <laughs> we still managed. Well, if it was two, we'd still probably concede three. Um, but we we really didn't play bad, and we're a very poor championship team, and we put four past them. But saying that, the grit and determination they had to come and get the fifth goal, 
I think says a lot about their character. Um, and with the championship, it's a very long season, forty six games. Even those teams like Blues that are sort of mid table, sliding down towards the relegation, there's no real easy games in no. the championship. Um, and for them to still come out with a five four, when a four four draw would have actually been respectable for them because we went four three up. Um, I think there's a lot about that character, but overall for the whole season, that Bielsa style of football, it really, mm. it's just very attractive football, uh, high possession, but also quick counter-attack, players like Jack Harrison, Halder Costa, who I always like the look of at Wolves, I'm not sure he's quite good enough for the Premier League, No, um, but yeah, very, very good fast players, Bamford's not massively pacey, but he's quick enough to get mm. around. Um, players like Alioski, obviously madman, but what a player. Uh, and Klitsch as well, I think, goes a bit under the radar for them. I really like Phillips. Calvin Phillips. I really like Phillips. I think he's really good. I think he controls the game well. I think he's, I, I think he's probably set for a big move. Yeah, I've seen a few few rumours flying around of, of him being linked. Um, yeah, even players like Ailing. Um, Barry Douglas who I liked at Wolves was very surprised they sold him when they mm -hmm. came up um, but thing is with them I have saw a bit of them probably more last season when I was watching Derby with a bit more interest um, when I watch them play I always feel like they, they're on top in almost every game they play so much so that as, as being a casual observer of the championship I always feel like Leeds have got about a thousand points and then I look at the table I'm like oh they're third they've they've been so close for the last couple of years is yeah. this season the time where they're finally going to I break get over the hump I would really like to say it is but I mean the last three seasons even one season under Gary Monk they looked set to, to go up automatically whether it was champions or second and the last I think it was 8 to 10 games in fact didn't even make the playoffs mm. uh, they just slipped all the way through mm. and there has been this element with them where at the end of the season they don't seem to have the same performance level maybe they think mm. they've already made it it's interesting you say that because there's quite a few managers we've seen over the years including Potticino in the Premier League who employ a high action style Bielsa does this Bielsa does it a lot Mike doesn't yeah. he and perhaps they're tired I, I think that's what cost them last season mm. they were just knackered by the end of the year so that um, they dropped a few points they really shouldn't have I think it was Wigan was one of them that really yeah. cost them dearly put them in the playoffs and then they fell apart at Ellen Road against Derby yeah um yeah, the nine points clear at the moment of third place, so nine points in the automatic spots. That's a pretty good cushion at this stage of the season. Mm. I think they'll go up. Okay, so let's talk about the prospect of Leeds in the Premier League because you don't like Leeds. Uh, I'm I, a Chelsea fan. Yeah, he's a Man United fan. We really don't like Leeds. Yeah, I don't like but Leeds. But do you feel? having a big club like Leeds in the Premier League is better for the league and English football as a whole Brett? yeah it would be great to have them back to be honest they've got a, a wicked fan base as mm. much as it hurts me to say that yeah. Bielsa is going to bring a hell of a lot to the Premier League his style of football I think they'll do alright as well if they get up <coughs> so to ha yeah to have a team like Leeds back will be really good for the league um, I think with Leeds 
I mean, yeah, I don't really like them, but <laughs> when you've got clubs that, no disrespect, but your Bournemouths and your Burnleys that just don't have such a fan base or even really that much of a footballing history, I feel like Leeds do deserve to be in there more. <laughs> it's another hot take, though. Um, How old are Burnley football clubs? <laughs> yeah. But, no, I, know, I know what you mean, but... <laughs> okay, but Leeds... I do worry about them coming up to the Premier League for the fact they haven't really? been up for so long. Uh, their owner, they had trouble with Salino, who was an absolute joker. Yes. yes the yes. guy who I see on Twitter, his first name's Andrea. I'm not going to attempt his surname. Radrazzini or something, I think it is. It's I will go with that. far better than what I would have said, Mike. If I'm wrong, um, let me know. He's actually really stabilised the club mm. to the point where if they go up, they haven't been up for a long, long time now they could just throw the kitchen sink at the transfer window and that scares me because Fulham did it they've gone down Villa flew, threw a lot of money and on on looking particularly safe with a couple of injuries mm-hmm. um, I think the key to coming up is doing something like Wolves where you keep the core of your team yeah. that has played well and you add to it you don't look to replace it you just look to add that bit of quality that they need for the Premier League Brad? Yeah there, there are many teams who can do a Wolves though because they had a stupidly good team in we, the championship. We, we, say that, we say that. But the point is, I know what you mean, the point's valid. Um, on a side note, Burnley were founded in 1882. Just... <laughs> when I say footballing history, I'm not saying that they're a club that was founded last year down the pub. What I'm saying is Leeds were for a long time. When were Leeds the... founded? Go and have a look. <laughs> they I know what the... he means, but... But they were one of the top teams for a long, long time. Um, even within our lifetime in the late 90s early 2000s they were a top a top team in the yeah. Champions League um, it's going to be good Leeds are formed in 1919 <laughs> <laughs> okay just um, a okay, I'm going to throw it out here uh, Birmingham City founded 1875 does that mean that they're more of a historic club than Leeds in your opinion going no, no I just want to, I just <laughs> thought I'd have a bit of fun with you <laughs> um, what are they like let's <laughs> Thinking about that, when you we've we've discussed in the past how um, we remember, I think the mid two thousands better than we remember the early two thousands based on when we were born. Leeds in my lifetime have been in the Premier League, but from my earliest memory of Leeds is getting relegated. We yeah. don't really remember their Champions no. League exploits, shall we say? No, we don't. And I, I for one, think if they come up, we've got they've got a real chance at establishing themselves with Bielsa in charge because as we've seen this year with Sheffield United and we've seen with Wolves is take squad apart when you've got a good manager who plays interesting football it takes the Premier League teams about half a season to start figuring that out so Leeds stand a real good chance in my mind if they buy sensibly and well of coming up making an impact and establishing themselves as a club in the Premier League like David was saying I think it would be a mistake for Leeds to buy loads and loads of players yeah. because the, the ones that are there know what Bielsa expects yeah. from them and their system yeah. kind of what Chris Wilder did add a few get people that know what your system is and you yeah it might take the Premier League teams half a season to work you out although hopefully they should be watching Leeds and West Brom already maybe my hot take um, from when Bamford had his loan at Middlesbrough all those seasons ago where he came, he came back to Chelsea that summer and I and I in my head was going could Patrick Bamford score 20 goals in the Premier League and the answer is no he couldn't but we might find out next uh, next year yeah we might get a good look at it <laughs> um, 
let's stay with the FA Cup ever so briefly and let's just have a quick chat about the FA Cup because particularly with Liverpool Everton we saw a trend continue and we saw it with Chelsea Forest as well in that young players the top teams take the opportunity to use the competition for young players and we all really liked that but there were some accusations that the FA Cup doesn't mean a lot there was a brilliant tweet there was a brilliant tweet um uh, that, of an exchange that happened on Soccer Saturday where and Jeff Stelling turned and he said why doesn't the FA Cup mean so much anymore and he turned to a panel of which Letizia was the only one who's normally on so even Sky Sports News had got out their second string yeah yeah, I <clears> saw that does the comp has it lost something yeah uh, to put it bluntly yes it has unfortunately so what's it how, how what's it lost exactly I, do you think I think one thing that's impacted the FA Cup uh, is one the priority of the Champions League is what top teams always want to aim for in terms of a cup competition now mm-hmm. um, and for your lesser teams in the Premier League like yes you could say their fans would want to go on a, a cup run like Watford getting to the final last year mm-hmm. however if you give Watford a top a top 10 finish in the Premier League over a just about scraping staying up but getting to the final of the FA Cup I'm sure 95% of fans of any club would take the, the top 10 prem finish because you have so much more financial reward uh, and it gives you more of an impact to buy players because you yeah. can go look we're actually pushing for the Europa League mm-hmm. yes the FA Cup puts you in the Europa League but it doesn't mean that you're going to be able to attract those players because you've nearly gone down yeah but in 20 years time when fans are talking to their kids, they're not going to say they're not. You can't put a tenth place finish with that much more prize money in a trophy cabinet. Tenth place finishes, on the whole, don't create a lot of memories and nostalgia. An FA Cup win, or you can say, "Oh, we had a great We're day." Run to the final. Yeah, my <clears throat> mate, my mate Jimmy is still talking about the Stoke getting to the final of the FA Cup and all those years ago. He's still talking about it. Do you think that? With all the money in the game, that we've lost almost sight of what's important. Uh, well, yeah, I mean, the money in the game, prize money, etc., for the Premier League is far higher than mm. the reward you can get really out of the FA Cup. The Europa League spot can be seen by some teams more as a hindrance than a help. Um, yeah, a curse, even. Um, take Roy Hodgson at Palace. He is basically in a relegation battle every year Yeah. so he's just going to use it as a chance to see what his youngsters are like um, play a second string it's a shame because I'm sure the Palace fans would like a trip to Wembley mm. and let's say on my, to my other point if you make it to the fifth round or sixth round then they get interested mm. then they start playing probably their proper teams yeah. and they'll take it seriously which I don't want to compare it to the Carabao but if you get to the semi-final of the Carabao Cup suddenly you take it serious and it kind of seems like the fifth or sixth round for the FA Cup is where they get for that. Is the Carabao part of the problem though? Because when I yeah, look, probably. I think for the for a lot of the club fans of clubs from, we'll say the lower leagues, and I think also some parts down the Premier League, they look at it and they think um, it still means tons. Um, the guy from the Not the Top Twenty podcast who uh, sports Oxford made a really good point oh, on Twitter about how um, it still means tons for him and fans like him however 
managers, certain managers of the big clubs like Klopp, for example, it means less to. Is that because the competitions like the Carabao, an extra one where you've got a fixture overload almost? There is just so much football. There's so much football. So you've got to prioritise something, and at the moment, we're in a phase where everyone's prioritising the Prem, which, mm. whether that's right or wrong, that's what's happening. Uh, one thing with the FA Cup, why I think lower uh, league fans like it so much, mm. um, is obviously, Birmingham City fan, we're not going to get to play Man City or Chelsea, mm. for example, in any other competition. For Premier League clubs like Crystal Palace, as Mike touched on, is playing someone like Man City in the Cup any different to them playing them twice in the league? Probably no. not. Um, and the only real difference is season ticket holders have to pay for the game <laughs> so they probably won't even bother going um, to be honest um, but again touching on what Mike said about Palace the way the FA Cup falls with it being that around that uh, important December-January period if a team's struggling in the league they actually get to give some fringe players a go in what is in essence a bit more of a Secure game, they have that security yeah. that they're not going to lose places in the the league. Um, and if, a, if, for example, a striker's to score a couple in the league, uh, sorry, the cup that could fire him towards scoring a few in the league that helps him stay up or go up the table. Um, so it's not just youngsters. There's also that sort of chance for a team that's perhaps not where they want to be to give those fringe players more of a chance. Okay. Um, so we agree that some things needs fixing um, have you got any specific ideas um, um, of how you would fix it I'm not I'm a huge fan of this because I think four places already <laughs> enough but I think maybe if the prize wasn't Europa League qualifying but Champions League qualifying it could make some teams think about it more yeah. um, but I mean Again, with the FA Cup, it's got so much history, 1872. Uh, can anyone ever come in and really tweak it without there being huge backlash? And I'd, I'd say no. I think if you just gave... It wouldn't be a problem if there was a change of the prize money. I mean, um, also, it almost is it older or younger than Burnley? I can't remember the exact date. Um, younger. I, <coughs> I mean older, sorry. Older. I mean, <laughs> what do you think of the idea of Champions League spot, Mike? Because, I mean... Dave, in no no offence, you say that without it, that would not affect your club. Whereas yeah, we might and, not have a championship. Spot, <laughs> me and Mike are looking at it as our two teams are raced and uh, for the top in a four. battle for the top four. Do you like that idea? Um, it's not a bad idea. Something needs to be done. It's such a tough one as to what needs to be done. Mm. Uh, as a we are Man U and Chelsea fans if you made it a top three for the Champions League that would be a bloodbath yeah, that would blood really bath. really hurt some team unless they won the FA Cup um, so whether that's the answer it's a tough one I'll tell you why I don't like that and I also this is this doesn't fix the FA Cup I also don't like that we give a Europa League spot for the winner for any cup because at the end of the day you play a couple of cup matches a year the league is the is the main beast, and I think to give away a Champions League spot cheapens uh, the league season in a way. Because I feel like the top four teams in the league should be playing in the Premier competition, unless we're going to make it just that the winner plays in that competition. Yeah, I mean, after thirty eight games, you end up where you deserve yeah. to be. 
Whereas you can play, what, well, how many games would the Prem teams play to get to an FA Cup final? Maybe Not six, yeah. five, five or six? Yeah. Something like that. Um, I have got a proposal. I'm all ears, because I haven't got a clue what to do. We get rid of the Carabao Cup. That would help. And we just have one cup. And then we have two-legged semi-finals. Hmm. Because I, I don't know about you, I like the semi finals in the Carabao Cup. Yeah. It, except when City are playing Burton Albion and they're winning 10 0. Or Man U. Yeah. <laughs> we'll come on to that in a bit. What about that, though? Um, Maybe doing away with another domestic trophy? I, potentially, but again, League Cup, as it's known, obviously, the Carabao now. Still one of those trophies that has been a mainstay for a long, long time. Mm-hmm. Um, and I mean, Birmingham City did win it in the last 10 years, so. I don't want it thrown out yet. <laughs> two, two out of the three pods we've mentioned that. It's um, yeah, it's not a bad idea. It would take away from the a bit of from the scheduling issues, which some of the exactly particularly the prem teams, even though they play eight less league games, they're likely to play more cup games, I suppose. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> so that might help free them up to play their strongest teams in the FA Cup and actually go for it. Yeah. Um, I did have an idea, but I've forgotten. So, <laughs> good stuff, Brez. Um, let's stick with the cup. Just let's quickly talk about it. Who do you think wins the cup this year, uh, Brez? You want to go first because I think me and you agree. Who wins it? Uh, do we? I think we do. Uh, I've got, I've got Leicester, and I've also got Spurs. I've, yeah, I've got Chelsea or Leicester. Oh, so a slight disagreement. Uh, so let's talk about the one we agree first. Dave? Um, uh, I'm joining you. I, I also think Leicester have oh. a very big chance of winning the cup this year. Oh, but the East Midlands are massive today. Um, 11 to 1 if you're on ever. Mike, on that. why are Leicester going to win the cup? Uh, because, yeah, because Liverpool might take it a bit less well they have already we've seen take it a bit less seriously because they want to win the league City want to win the Champions League that's that's their focus this year so they might take it, the gas off a little bit which leaves the door open for the other bigger teams of which this year Leicester have emerged as one of mm-hmm. them yeah. um, so I've got maybe not Chelsea but yeah Leicester Chelsea Spurs maybe Arsenal now those are the sort of teams that should be going for it, definitely. Dave? Yeah, I totally agree. Those, those teams that, like Leicester, look set to be top four, but they're not going to win the league. Um, no. Should be going for the FA Cup. As Mike rightly says, Man City clearly going for the Champions League. Um, and Spurs and Chelsea, I think it would be a massive positive for them. Huge. Um, and Arsenal as well. Obviously, it's something that especially for Spurs and Arsenal mm. could be a silver lining and what overall looks to be a poor season so I think Leicester the reason I picked Leicester is I think I agree with you too I think uh, Liverpool and Man City have got their eyes on other bigger prizes um, however Leicester I think are really good they're built to win one-off games almost Here's the th- they're not proving that tonight no they're not proving that tonight um, currently as we record, record Villa are playing Leicester it's unfortunate we couldn't find another way. It's currently 1-0 to the Villa. I'm sorry, Dave. Um, so we won't be talking about that in the pod. But anyway, um, back to Leicester. 
what's really interesting with Leicester is they they're good, but as I said earlier, you don't put your third place finish in a trophy cabinet. It's so it's not necessarily for a team like Leicester who's won the Premier League something they can talk about for a long time. So I've almost cheated with my two. I've talked about teams that I think could win it, like Leicester and Spurs, and also should be going for it. Leicester, for like I've just said, they need a trophy to cap off. The trophy legitimises their season. It's almost like getting a grade and saying, yes, this is something we've done. And also, when clubs come calling in the summer, as they inevitably will for your Indeedies, your oh, Madisons, they, they, can, they, can they can go, hold on a minute, Man United are on the phone. Leicester have won the Premier League more recently. Finished higher. Finished finished higher recently and have just won the Cup. It's it's something that you can think about. And it also, when you go and you talk to a player in a foreign country and you say, they, they're like, oh, what, what, why would I join Leicester? Why would I go and live in Leicester? Which is terrible idea. Um, <laughs> they're going to be able to go, ha, FA Cup, third biggest trophy you can get while playing in England. Um, yeah, I, Leicester Spurs big teams like this need to win it, don't they? Yeah, absolutely. Um, especially Leicester just legitimises how good their season's been if if they win that trophy. Yeah. Brez, you want to take this moment to um, have the rant that me and you always have about lower league, not lower league, um, the Everton Leicester Spurs bubble of teams, the not top four top 60, 70, what we've got in the league now and why they don't go for it? I just have no idea why they don't go for it. It really, really annoys me. Um, it's the second biggest trophy in England if you're not playing in Europe. Yeah. You're not going to win the first biggest, so why wouldn't you go for the FA Cup? Yeah. It just makes absolutely no sense. You haven't won a trophy. For teams like Spurs, Everton, they haven't won a trophy in however many years. Everton haven't won since 1995. That was their last trophy. So that's 25 years. Yeah. But 25 years. <laughs> Why wouldn't they go for the FA Cup? Yeah. It, it, Even the Carabao Cup. <laughs> it's baffling. It really is baffling. Like, Maurizio Pochettino is Tottenham's, arguably Tottenham's best ever manager. He hasn't won anything. Anything. I mean, they've got to finals, they got to semi-finals. They haven't won anything. They never had that trophy that kickstarts your reign. It's all well and good play, paying footballers money what really keeps the top top footballers is the chance to compete for trophies and win trophies every year not third fourth place finishes so with that being said how good would the trophy be for Mourinho at Spurs it'd be really good for Jose because they're not playing very well at the moment Um, they've got a tough replay against Middlesbrough as well uh, in the FA Cup but yeah that would really help Mourinho because there's there's a lot of um talk that he's already gone back to his ways after about a couple of seasons and he's only mm. been there what a month or so yeah. he's already seems like he's going back to his old ways of blaming <laughs> everything on everyone else um, so that hasn't taken long but it would make a huge difference Tottenham are, again like Leicester one of those clubs where there is always talk about perhaps losing their players Harry Kane never won anything unanimously one of the best strikers in England probably the world um, yeah I'd say so what He's he, no matter how much he loves the football club, he's not going to be satisfied at twenty eight thinking I haven't won a single trophy. Well, it, yeah, he needs to go somewhere he can win trophies. I'd like to think Spurs might be a place he could do that, but they're not proving that at the moment. Um, 
He could also earn a lot more money somewhere else mm. if he wanted. Maybe at Man United, Mike? It's an option. <laughs> I'm, I'll throw out the rod. Harry Kane, join us, please. <laughs> right, um, let's move away from the FA Cup, but let's not go to the League Cup or the Premier League just yet. Dave, today there's... Is it today? Um, EFL have uh, announced they've put some sanctions to Blues. You know way more about it, obviously, than me and Mike do, and I we almost don't feel qualified to speak on it. So I'm going to let you have a rant for a few minutes, if you would like. Yeah, um, try and keep this uh, PC. Um, well, it's just another ownership disaster from Blues. We've had Carson Young, who I was hoping we'd moved away from. A little like we turned the corner um, with Rowett managerial disappointment after disappointment I know you love Zola well but he was not good for us Blue's best ever manager uh, then we had Gary Monk for a season again things looked on the up but whilst this has been going on we've never been financially secure since we came down from the league and, and that's been a fact I remember with Lee Clark uh, we had a wage cap of like 6,000 a week for players which is outrageously small even in the championship um, so as many know, we got a nine-point deduction last season uh, for our financial fair play breaches. Um, and it's transpired in the last couple of days that in the January window last year, when there was a lot of interest in Shea Adams, the EFL, um, unprecedentedly, actually asked us to sell players to try and balance our books, which I understand them saying that, but halfway through a season, a team like Blues selling Shea Adams... Yes, we sold him at the end of the season and we are missing him. But if we'd sold him halfway through the season, it would have been huge, huge disaster really, for us. You'd have gone down. And yeah, that would have been, yeah. wow, God knows where we, you'd be. You'd have gone down. But also, in terms of uh, selling players and negotiating from a position of strength, to sell in January is far worse when people know you've got um, to sell. Yeah, of course. Uh, I mean, it would have been like a fire sale, reminiscent of when we came down from the Premier League. Uh, we lost Nathan Redmond for I think it was three million or three and a half. Butland for a similar fee. Ben Foster for four million, um, and that's what would have happened. Selling players for far under their value, um, and obviously with EFL asking us to do that, it's not like we could go and reinvest the money because in their eyes they want us to make money, not balance the books by reinvesting that. Um, and it's also transpired that basically our owners to try and get round financial fair play basically bought the ground off themselves for a holding company for I think it was 22 million um, and the reason this has been picked up in typical Blues fashion is they haven't actually managed to make the payment from the holding company to the the club yet um, and that's what's flagged it up and it turns out it's ourselves however <laughs> as laughable as this is we're not the only team that's been doing this Derby County have done it a couple of times within the last three years and they're under investigation. There's investigation into Wayne Rooney's transfer with their, um, I think it's 32 Red, their sponsor. Yeah. Basically have conveniently given like a huge sponsorship injection, which has essentially covered Rooney's fee and supplementing some of his wages. Sheffield Wednesday are under investigation as well because they sold their ground for a combined total of 60 million to try and get around financial fair play. Get Basically, three quarters of Harry Maguire. Yeah. Didn't, didn't City do that? Uh, or did City sell the brand? I'm talking Man City, sell the branding. Man City someone. sold the branding, I believe. However, okay. 
Uh-huh. It's only, let's be honest, it's only been since maybe 2012, 13, where financial fair play has become anything, really. Yeah. Um, it was basically a joke before then, wasn't I it? I think really? it's still a joke. I've, it it's still, still is a, a joke. I, I mean, Chelsea, Roman Abramovich playing, what, 96 million last year? 237. 237. Well, there you go. Me much uh, that worse. is a totally, I, I don't know where those figures are from. I saw them on a Bleacher Report thing, and I never click things where it's talking about finances of the club. Um, However, Chelsea are making moves, so let's not bring them into this. Um, <laughs> anyway, with Sheffield Wednesday, to move it round so many times that adds up to 60 million, to then only post a 2 million profit says a lot of how they're doing. I think basically what's been happening is Blues as well, there's been these loopholes, um, and the EFL are only just catching up on it. Biggest thing with the EFL is they definitely aren't consistent. Mm. Um, so yeah, I fully expect us to have the book thrown at us, and rightly so. But I'm hoping that every team has the same sort of severe punishment, yeah. however severe it is. Have you seen that Blues owe their parent company 97 million? Yeah, it's quite. That it's, is a it's lot. Quite, it, that is. I don't want to speak out of turn. I think that's quite common for, like, for example, most clubs owe their owners hundreds of millions of pounds because they can't just put it in they have to be put as loans which are then written off when they buy a club I think however yeah. I, I, it's very difficult for us to well, talk about Blues get 97 million I don't know. it's very difficult to talk about the finances but talking about Boom City as a whole actually it's quite interesting because clearly you're you're a diehard Dave but there are quite a few jaded fans now they got 7,000 home fans at the yeah. last game it was the FA Cup. It, I know there wasn't it, good attendances around the I know country. It, I know it's the FA Cup, I, but I, when I went to Blues early in the season, it was relatively empty as well. I, I think one thing with Blues is, I mean, I remember the Lee Clark uh, era. Uh, attendances were down to about 13,000, which to put into perspective, even now they're back up to around 19,000, 20,000. Yeah. When we're in the prime, it would be 24,000, 25,000 every game, if not yeah. basically a sellout. Um, I think basically what's happened with the fans is there's only so much we can take you have like a big downer and then it looks like we turn the corner and we're going to be okay and we Points go deduction. we go yeah. forward one place to go back another three and it just keeps happening um, I mean I'm not saying Blues fans are going to go out and support other teams because I don't think football fans as a whole are like that <laughs> certainly not that one um, but the thing is how many times are people going to renew season tickets even a 10 games as like myself I, I only go to the odd game to be honest um, but I'm not going to be buying tickets at the end of the day when, mm. when we're a club in turmoil to be frank uh, with a very poor manager and a poor squad so mm. yeah, yeah it's just a shame to see it happening especially when you consider in the, it was only actually nine seasons ago that we yeah. We were in the Premier League, we got relegated, but we did win a cup at, at Wembley, and here we are. Um, to be honest, we was. yeah, and we won't tread water. I think we're really actually going down even before a, a points deduction. Mm-hmm. I think that's mm-hmm. just icing on the cake. Could well be, yeah. <clears throat> Worrying times for Blues. I hope they sort it out, all joking aside. Um, Zola's available on the market if you're thinking about it. Um, <laughs> let's move from. A club in turmoil to a club 
in a different kind of turmoil and a totally different financial situation. Let's talk about Manchester United. Lost 3-1 yesterday. Um, Bernardo Silva with a cracker. Mahrez with a lovely goal. Kevin De Bruyne sending Phil Jones for a hot dog. And then finally a lovely goal made in Manchester, as I keep saying. Um, Brez, your team's not good, is it? Nope, not at all. It was... I mean, they were lucky it was only three at half-time. They really were. They were battered by Man City. Let's take him from what happened earlier when we talked about Everton being bad for ages. Let's quickly talk about Man City because we want to have a long conversation about Man United. How good are Man City? They're unbelievable. Bernardo Silva, Mahrez, top, top players. They're just a brilliant team. It's just so painful. (laughs) But they're... The thing is with them, they've obviously they've been struggling a bit in the league because of the defensive problems they've been having with the injuries they've been having. But I think what that proved to me, because I've been a bit sceptical when I keep hearing people say that they're going to go for the Champions League, um, that proved to me that they can actually be a really effective counter-attacking away leg in a cup side. It was a, it was a great away cup performance, really. Yeah. Well, I mean... We allowed it. It was basically like a training game. Mm. But, um, <clears throat> I mean, you look at the two teams before the game, I, I just couldn't see a way that Man U were going to get a result at mm. all. On, on paper, in reality, everything was just, we were not going to get anything out of that game. And it proved true. It could have been... I remember watching the 6-1 at Old Trafford mm. <clears throat> that Man City won. And that first half in particular... It could have been six in the first half. They were, they were so much better than we were. Interestingly enough, with City, I read a stat that they haven't lost in that competition in four years. <laughs> four years they haven't lost in that competition, which is wild considering some of the uh, teams he's put out in the earlier rounds. Yeah, absolutely wild. Well, they should have lost last year on pens to us. They should have lost to us. We played we play a blinder. And then uh, Kepper had a go at Sari. Um, Dave, Man City. Did this fill you with confidence? It sounds odd to say that we're down in Man City. Did this do the same for you that it did for me? Did it fill you with confidence that they could make a run in the Champions League? Yes. Uh, I mean, the football they played, especially in the first half, was breathtaking. Um, and I mean, it's not like they were playing... I mean, Man United, this isn't a good Man United team, but... They still totally outplayed a Man United team. At Old Trafford. At Old Trafford. Um, and I mean, Bernardo and Mares. people were worried with Sane being injured. Mares for me, has been one of the best players this season. Yeah. Um, and Bernardo, to be fair, has stepped up to the plate also. Fantastic goal he scored. I mean, with that quality, if they can play that brand of football with such confidence... I really think they could go far in the Champions League this year. Mm. Um, all right then, let's talk about it. Brez, you've got the floor for Man United. What? Uh, how, how? What needs to change now? Who can they buy anyone? Does it need? A, is it a managerial appointment? What? What do you want to see? <laughs> get him out. <laughs> what, Ollie? Please, just get him out. I just can't. Do it. Just go and get Potch for goodness' sake. It does. Does feel odd that Man Un- that he's been on the market and he's clearly a Man United coach. He, we wanted we've wanted him for so long and we just why would go and get him? I never thought I'd say this about 
Ollie, but we just please get him out. He's I to me I, he seems to be fading under the cracks a little bit. Um, Van Persie really got under his skin. Yeah, he really did. You can't really got under his skin. You can't allow someone like Van Persie to get under your skin as the manager of Man U. But the problems. I think I'll go beyond the dugout. They go way further than that. He's only yeah. part of the problem. Yeah. Um, that midfield in particular, and you, you really saw it against City, but you will do against a team of City's quality, but they are, they're poor. Well, I watched them against Wolves as well, and I'm, I mean, seriously, what are they doing? I mean... I've got to watch Pereira week in, week out. He's dreadful. Pereira, dreadful. Pereira reminds me of a player that Hull City would sign in the Premier League from United and still flop. Just terrible footballer Fred he's got a lot better right. but oh, he's, right. still, and he's still not a man still not player. Player. Fred is Fred is the, I, I, I think Fred is probably better than without Pogba being fit I think he's better than any other midfielder they've got I think he's better than McTominay uh, he's, yeah he probably is now yeah. he's, he's playing better he, but he's still he just doesn't do anything. One matter as well. He's finished. He's left. He's finished. Was a great player, but unfortunately, you just bring him no. on for a free kick. That's all he can do now. Yeah. Matic's legs are gone. He's just a waste of space. There's just nothing there. No. And then you, I mean, Greenwood's a good player. I'm a big fan of him. Rashford looks good. Martial I like Martial. Looks good this year. De Gea is not what he used to be. Brandon Williams looks good. I like Brandon Williams. To be fair, Maras gave him a bit of a time well yeah. he's a young lad I mean but he did really well against the Dharma Traore in the, in the FA Cup yeah so I'll let him off he's he's allowed a bad day um, I, I, looking at Man United I think it's a real shame because their attack actually finally looks like you've got two real players on your hands of Rashford and Martial it was a really nice goal they scored yeah. last night and if, everyone else just feels dysfunctional from midfield I mean De Gea's fallen off he feels he feels a shadow of his former self. They don't feel as organised defensively. And the midfield is really bad. The defence is centre backs for me are a huge issue too. Uh, I mean Lindelof sometimes looks good, sometimes looks just totally lost. Phil Jones, unfortunately, he's been past it for a long time. He shouldn't be, you know. He shouldn't be there. Um I saw that just for me what said for me again uh, <laughs> what really stands out for me with Man United's recent signings is Eric Bailly is actually out of contract at the end of this year I'm sure they spent over 30 million on him at the time and the fact that they could be letting someone like that go for free just shows how short they've can't fallen they fit, though. I mean I agree yeah. but well, you just can't count on him for any you stretch don't, of games. and you don't know what he's asking for money wise I mean valid point but there's still a lot of money to spend on a player um, and even Chris Smalling who looks good at Roma you can guarantee if he was to come back in a, a Man United shirt he'd have a disaster class I think it's interesting with Chris Smalling because he had he was bad for United but he also had some real good promising performances but Mike um, let's assume it's the opening weekend of next season uh, Paul Pog was still at the club and oh, he's, in your mid, he's in your midfield. Oh, no. I imagine that you're going to have Wambasaka and. Uh, Wambasaka, Lindelof, Maguire, yeah. Shaw, they're all still um, going to be there. However, <laughs> if if Pochettino's in, I, I'll never get his name right, um, he's, he, he's in, he's had a full summer. Um, 
and you can sign three players you think would instantly improve that Man United team, even if you haven't got names, what type of player are you looking that would instantly improve you? I saw a rumour earlier about Van der Beek from Ajax. Yeah. That is exactly who we should go for. Exactly. I I hadn't thought of that before, but then I saw it and I was like, yes, please, just get that man. If you buy Van der Beek, does that signal that you're sticking with a three? Because I'd imagine if you've got Van der Beek and Pogba, you've not got a huge amount of defensive work right there. Well, I suppose you can stick McTominay next to him. <laughs> but the fact that you don't <coughs> want to stick McTominay there, would you not be tempted to see if you could find... I mean, I like McTominay, but he's not... I mean, let's be fair, he's not a United of old player. He's He, he, fit, he looks good now because the team around him is just terrible. But mm. we, we need probably a centre-back... Yeah, maybe another striker with Rashford winger? or a, ring, a winger. So Sancho's been linked. That doesn't yeah. look like it's going to happen. Yeah. But he's he's Chelsea. He's been linked with Chelsea as well. And Chelsea apparently now were put off by his 120 million pound oh, yeah. valuation, which is either two things. It means the rumours are nonsense, which is what I believe, or Chelsea have finally have been idiots, thinking, oh, we might be able to get him for 40 million. Which idiots they are. Um, um, Dave United talking of a player for Man United I've fought for a couple of years now I uh, don't know if you'll be able to poach him from Inter anymore but Marcelo Brozovic always yes. stood out for me yes. as a Man United player um, I thought the same with Perisic but I, I don't think Perisic you'll land so him long. I don't think you're able to land him anymore but Brozovic would be perfect for your midfield Brozovic controls the midfield I keep saying people control the midfield but he legitimately controls the midfield great passing range decent puts a shift in however really if you're him and you're sat in Milan with Antonio Conte and a team that has a chance at the Scudetto they're really on the up are you thinking I know Man United a huge club a lot more money but if you're thinking would you go I mean I, I think one thing United need to do is buy a competent midfielder who frees up Pogba because I know you hate Pogba but his his long range passing is an asset and if you can free him up uh, if you can free him up, then he could arguably be like a new signing for you. Yeah, he could be if we can get him on the pitch. <laughs> yeah, clown. Sure, he's too busy on Instagram these days. Um, it feels like I think the one thing you will say about Ollie is he's got rid, rid of a lot of the deadwood in the squad. Um, Has he? We just named all the deadwood. Well, it's it, but it's it, was a ter- it was a terrible squad. Let's. Well, the wage bill's down drastically just simply by getting with the people. Oh, that's like Alexis nice. Sanchez. Oh, what? I mean, I'm trying to find... <laughs> that is not the biggest problem we have. I'm trying to find positives in just a sea of terribleness. But, I mean, the positives... I had some positives uh, and I've lost them. The positives are easy. It's Rashford, Martial, Greenwood. And that, that's, that's it. it. Okay. Maybe McTominay. Um, and Fred's turned a bit of a corner. And that's it. Sleeve Man United, because even I'm getting Please, depressed. Please, because I'm getting really annoyed now. <laughs> <laughs> um... Let's look ahead to the weekend, actually, just quickly. There's not a huge amount of games. Um, Liverpool are playing Tottenham. But with Tottenham's injury list, it's pretty tough. Do you reckon? Maybe? Any other games you two are interested in? Or Liverpool, Tottenham, the only one? That's clearly the standout. Um, uh, I reckon Brighton might get a result at Everton. Yeah. So that could be a fun one. Um, could be some goals in Bournemouth, Watford, if Bournemouth start playing like they used to play. Yeah. Uh, Sheffield United West Ham is interesting for me Moyes yeah. just come in they managed yeah, to win 4-0 um, I think this game Sheffield United going to win it maybe they will 
try and consolidate where they are rather than maybe mm. fall down the league. West Ham win this. Yes, it's Sheffield United, but this is a very good, respected Premier League team. Yeah, uh, that definitely kickstart their season if they pull off back to back wins. Yeah, Arteta's um, got a good test away at Palace as well. Yes, that'll be a, that'll be an interesting one. See the result of that and how they play as well. Cause... Jordan Pele. I oh, sorry, I meant are you? Um... <laughs> Get a grip. Um, <laughs> the game I'm actually looking forward to is not in the Premier League. And it's because I noticed, I just, I was Googling fixtures earlier today and I didn't realise they were playing. Inter are playing Atalanta. Oh, I like Atalanta a lot. I like watching Atalanta. I like watching Inter a lot. I love Conte. Very interested to see. I love Latoura Martinez as well. He's unbelievable. Um, Very good player. So that would be my pick for the weekend. Uh, I think, should we leave? I think we'll leave it there. Um, So thank you for listening to the In and Around podcast. Um, Dave, if they want to find more hot takes from you, where can they find hot uh, Twitter, Dave Harris, underscore 44. Um, if you want to see very rare posts on Instagram, uh, it's Dave Harris 212. After the Azealia Banks song, as we found out. Um, Michael Breslin, you do a bit of football writing. If they want to follow you, find your writing, where can they do that? Uh, so you can follow me at Mikey Breslin uh, on Twitter. Um, done some writing for Footy Files which is at Footy Files and did some tips for at Bite Size Betting as well on Twitter and um, you can follow me on Twitter at WillHunt17 but please don't please instead follow us at the at In and Around Pod we tweet from there we've been doing a lot more of that lately Um, the pod goes up there every week every Friday we think it's going to be our regular day that's what we're trying to stick to Um, and we're just trying to go out so if you enjoy the pod as I mentioned earlier please tell people about it please share it with your friends and please say this idiot doesn't know um, that this idiot thinks Burnley are a a young club Um, (laughs) anyway we'll see you next week and thanks for listening thanks a lot thanks